All right. Welcome back. We are still in the middle of chapter three, that really long chapter. And we are on the fifth preface, Hakdama Hachamishis, which was about the idea that Hashem created the world in such a way where we have various needs and the procurement of those needs are outside of ourselves. Hashem placed those needs outside of ourselves, so we would have to go and do various things in order to meet those needs. Uh, he mentions at the very least, let's say you're talking about eating. You're not, you, remember I said yesterday, you're not a plant, you can't photosynthesize. So uh, even if you have the food right in front of you and it's ready to eat and it's right there, you still have to take the food, you have to lift it up, you have to put it to your mouth, you have to chew it. Okay, so there's always some amount of, uh, there, are, there are a certain amount of steps between you not having your needs met and getting your needs met. And then sometimes there are many, many, many steps. He, he gave the metaphor about the water wheel and the, you, you know, pumping water from a well. And sometimes there's the person who ties up the rope to the animal and the animal pulls the pulley. In other words, and I call it the Rube Goldberg machine. There's different steps and stages in between you and getting your needs fulfilled. Okay. And... Um, and, he, and food is just, you know, the, the, probably the archetypical example. But he, he mentions it's not just eating, it's, it's eating and, and having, having shelter and clothing and even the, the need for, for, for human contact and intimacy. These are all needs that Hashem placed outside of ourselves and we have to go through various different steps in order to attain these things, okay? And, and, and Rabbeinu Bechaya asks why. Why did Hashem make the world in such a way? So he gave... He's going to give two answers. We already learned last night the first answer. You remember last night the first answer? Those who are with us live, you remember last night? Why did Hashem set up the world in such a way? So the first answer we said last night was to test us. To test us. To find out what our priorities are. Are we willing to rebel and to compromise our values, and to go against the rules Hashem made for us in order to meet our needs. So if our needs were ready-made, if we were, like I say, you know, if you were a plant and you just photosynthesized, you didn't have to do anything, just, you know, stand there. So there would be no test, there would be no, uh, no challenge. And we wouldn't know what you really believe and what, you really, what your, your true values are and beliefs and ethics and principles and morals really are. But when your needs are outside of yourself and you have to make choices and you have to decide, am I going to do things according to God's rules or am I going to sidestep the rules in order to meet my needs? So then you see what a person is really made of. Okay, fine. So that was one reason. Familiar so far? Okay. And now let's read about a second reason. Okay, let's continue. The Hasheni and the second reason why Hashem made the world in such a way that our needs are outside of ourselves and it requires many different steps in order to procure those needs. The second reason, If a person did not need to exert himself to pursue and search for means of sustenance, he would rebel. He would pursue that which is forbidden. And he wouldn't 
pay attention to his obligations toward Hashem in exchange for the kindness of Hashem that Hashem does to him. So that's the problem. Kamei Shenema, like it says in the prophet in Yeshio, Vohoya Kiner, Vonevel Teif, Vicholol, Vyain, Mishteyem, and there are harp and lute. Tamp lute is not like looting, I know, you think about the riots. Lute like an old-fashioned string instrument, okay? And there are harp and lute, tambourine and flute and wine at their parties. And the work of the Lord they do not regard, and the deed of his hands they have not seen. They're, they're, they're partying it up, and they're having a good time, and they're not thinking about the important things in life. And it says, V'yishman yeshurun v'yivot, shamanto aviso kasiso v'yite shaleta asahu. And yeshurun, yeshurun means the Jewish people, became fat and rebelled. You grew fat, thick, and plump. Yeshurun, meaning the, Jew, the Jewish people, forsook the God who made them. Also the sages say, we had a couple of verses, one from the prophet and one from Chumash. Now we're going to quote a saying of our sages from Pirkei Aves. It is good to put Torah study together with Derech Eretz, Derech Eretz, in this case means having a job. Because the toil of both of them makes misdeed scarce. Keeps you out of trouble. Any Torah study that's not accompanied by work will cease in the end and lead to misdeed. So it's important to be busy, and this is how Hashem keeps us busy. Okay. How much more so if Pirkei Ovis is saying it's important to have both of those things to keep you busy? Torah study and a job. So how much more so a person who doesn't have either of those and doesn't worry about either of them, wow, so that guy, he doesn't learn, he doesn't have a job, he doesn't have to do anything, trust fund baby, and he's got a lot of time on his hands and he gets into a lot of trouble. So therefore, what do we say here? It is out of the great compassion of the Creator upon man, that he preoccupied him with being busy with worldly things, and it is the fate of each person to have to occupy himself with these things all of his life, in order that he will not, he will not have time to seek that which he does not need, and that which he is not able to comprehend with his intellect. Kamei, for instance, what are the things that he might waste his time on if he had all of his needs met? What would he waste his time on? Kamei inyone ha vahatichla. Like, for instance, the, manner, the matters of the beginning and the end. Like, what came before the world and what will come after the world. That kind of philosophical stuff. Kamei sha'amar like the wise man said, shleima melech. And also the wisdom of the world he put into their hearts, except for that which would allow the person to find out what Hashem did from beginning, meaning before the world, and until the end, meaning after the world. So Hashem made it possible to find out other things, but not those things. And if a person didn't have to have a job, he would just sit around thinking about these things, like we, we call it contemplating your navel. 
know, mental self-stimulation just, you know, for, for no reason, for not, no purpose other than just to amuse yourself. Okay. I want to take a look right now at a sicha that helps, I think, helps us to understand this concept a little bit better. So this is a sicha. This is a sicha from Chelik Tes Vav of Lakute Sichas, Parshas Lech Lecha, the fourth sicha of Lech Lecha. Um, and it's on, it starts on page 93. So let's just take a look at this here. In Shaiches zu der Havtocha von Ebishten zu Avromen, Lazarcha etain es haaretz hazeis. In connection to the promise that Hashem made to Avram Avinu, to your descendants I will give this land, talking about what was then called the land of Canaan and later on, later on became Eretz Yisrael. Zokter in Medrash. The Medrash says, what Medrash? Medrash Bereshis Rabba, on our parsha, Parshish Lech Lecha, Paragraph Ches. So that's 39.8. When Avram came to, or at that point, I guess, Avram came to Aram Narayim, he saw them eating and drinking and acting recklessly. And he said, I wish that I will not have a portion in this land. He didn't like it. He saw them partying, and he didn't want to have any part in that. But then, when he came to Sumo Shaltzur, which is a part of Eretz Canaan, and what did he see over there? He saw them occupied they were occupied in weeding and uh, hoeing, you know, gardening type stuff. So Omer He said, I wish my my lot will be with this land. So Hashem said to him. To your descendants, I will give this land. So Hashem's promise, which is uh, in Parshish Lech Lecha, in Perek Yud Beis, Pasek Zion, is Hashem's response, according to the Medrash, when, Avr- when Avram saw how in the land of Canaan they were working, and he said, this is a good place, this is where I would like my future descendants to, uh, to settle. Okay, so I'm not going to go through the whole sicha. It's, uh, it's not a long sicha, but we're not going to go through the whole thing. But I just want to take a look at... Um, let's, let's take a look Sif Dalid. Yeah, okay, fine. So, wenn man das verstehen, behagt dem Asbara, in was besteht die Geschivas von Ommel Bechlal? So, the Rebbe is explaining, again, it's a whole, it's a whole Sicha, it's a whole Arichos, but at this point in the Sicha, in, in the fourth section, the Rebbe says, we, we need to understand first 
the whole concept of omo, of, of toil. This as the remit is farbundin the klolistic etachlis from Briyas HaOdom, Odom Lo'omol Yulod. We find that a person is even described in Torah, it's a Pasuk in, in Eov, in the book of Job, a person is described as, as not only that he happens to toil, but that his purpose in life is to toil, that a person was born to toil. That's what it says. Adam lo'amal yod, a person was born to toil. so seemingly, vibal der ebeshter, flip the page, is atzem hatev, v'tava hatev lehetiv, since Hashem is the essence of good, and it is the nature of the good to do good. Barvas hater eingestelt de bria in az ha'efen, why did he set up the world in such a way? As that a person should need to toil and, and work hard. So you might try to say, but we can't say, that it's because a person primarily enjoys that which he worked for. Like the saying of our sages, a person would rather have one measure that he worked for than nine measures that was a free handout. So, so anyways, that sounds like an answer. Why did Hashem make us have to toil? Because Hashem's good and we like to toil. We appreciate things when we've earned them. Okay, but that's not a good answer. You know why? Because that nature itself, that we prefer things that we earned, Hashem put that nature in us. So the question goes back to square one. Why did Hashem make us in such a way that we dafka enjoy things that we worked for? In Yonitzar, things that even, you know, that we had pain in order to gain. Just the way He made us this way, He could have made us that we do enjoy free, free handouts. So the question returns to the beginning again. Why did Hashem make the world in such a way where not only toil is part of life, but it's a major part or an essential part or maybe even... Uh, in some ways, it is the, ma- the major part of, of life in this world. Der um, dem. Okay, so let's continue. The explanation is like this. Amitius v'tachas ha'tev is, as der mensch zol der grechen nit nor de hechste shleimus was is da in geder nivroyim. The greatest good, the truest good, is not just that a person should reach the highest level of perfection that a, that a created being can reach. Nor oich, but rather more than that. But a, a level whereby he becomes similar to his maker. So it's not enough that a human being should reach the highest level that a created being can reach. A human being needs to be able to reach a level that is similar to his creator. This is not an original idea. This is an idea we find in Chazal. Chazal talk about us as having the ability to achieve a level called partners with Hashem in the creation of the world. Partners in, in, in creation? How do you say a human being is a partner with creation? That, that's uniquely godly. Yes, but that's the point, that we're supposed to come to such a level where we actually take on godly qualities. Uh, even a godly quality, or especially a godly quality, so uniquely godly like 
creating. Therefore, Hashem set up the order of nature, the order of creation in such a manner. As the Remenzol Zayne by definition nit bakumin minamuchan, that a person should not be able to attain his needs ready-made, nor dafke durcham rather only through toil and work. Why? Bichdei, as durchdem zol erzich ufheiben, that through that he should be elevated, nit nor zu der schleimes von a mekabel kidabai, not just to the, the level that a, that a recipient can reach, a mekabel, which is another way of saying the shleimus von a nivra, the, the, the highest level of perfection that a created being can reach. But not just that, no, more. Nor euch, but rather also, zu der madrege von a mashpia, to the level of a giver, a provider, and the Rebbe says in parentheses, umahave, a creator, deimelabairai, similar to his creator. Through this, that a person works and makes things with his own effort. This itself, this, this is the reason why Hashem made us have this nature. A person doesn't truly enjoy that which was given as a free handout. He's, he's embarrassed of it. Why? Why is he, what's the rule? What's the law? He has to be embarrassed with it? No. Hashem gave us that nature for a reason. That we're embarrassed with freebies and handouts. That we, what we call nam dechsufa. It's Aramaic for bread of shame. Why? Why did Hashem make us that way? While in dem adam is mutba, as ein tafkid und shleimus, is zu sein nit nor a mekabel nor eich hamashpia de melebele. Because a person has been implanted with the, with the, with the nature that his mission and the fulfillment of his perfection is to not only be a recipient, but to also be a provider, similar to the way his creator is the ultimate provider, the ultimate giver. I'm not going to do more of that sicha uh, inside, although really it's, it's a fascinating sicha. Um, I will just mention that towards the end of the Sicha, the Rebbe mentions that there's other types of Omel. Um, there's Omel Sicha, the toil of speech, which is davening. And there's also Omel Torah, the toil of learning Torah. And the truth is, since a person just needs to be a giver, a maker, somebody who works in order to accomplish things, then it would be all right if he were a maker and a giver and a provider and a doer and a shaker in those ways as well, or even instead of in the conventional sense of having to go out and make a living. Yeah. Okay, so let's just continue a little bit here. I think Rabbeinu Bechai is saying a similar thing here. Okay? All right. V'im hu magbir avedesu alakim 
But if a person strengthens himself in the service of Hashem and chooses to be fearful of Him, and trust in Hashem in matters of Torah and in matters of the world, this is sort of what we were talking about, by the way, a couple nights ago, about trusting in Hashem in Torah and in the world. Trusting in Hashem in the world means you trust Hashem to run the world the way that is best for you. Trusting in Hashem in Torah means trusting Hashem that His rules are for your benefit and you should, you know, do, do things the way that He told you to do them. At any rate, so let's say there's a person who, who, who's good. He's doing everything the way he's supposed to do it. He, he fears Hashem and he's following the program. And he goes away from the reprehensible things, the case of Lamidas Ataves, and he desires the acquisition of good character traits. He's not going to rebel if he has rest time. And he won't be drawn after wasting away his time being, being idle. And his evil inclination will not lead him astray. And he won't be enticed by the, the magical uh, allure of this world. Okay, so we just described a person who is uh, he's very spiritual and he's got the right priorities and he's chosen to live life in the best possible way. Okay, so if that is the case, what happens? So in turn, such a person will be relieved from the need to exert himself in the search to obtain his sustenance. Because the two reasons mentioned above, that we said why a person would need to be preoccupied with working hard all the time, namely, that's the first thing to test him, or that he would rebel against the goodness Hashem has done for him. So those two reasons we just said, why a person has to go out of his way and go through so many steps in order to obtain his needs, that doesn't pertain to this guy because he's being good. He doesn't need to be tested because he's already passing the test. And he doesn't need to be kept busy because he's not the kind of guy who would waste his time if he was given free time. So therefore... He'll be given his sustenance without toil, without work, according to his needs. Like it says, Hashem will not starve the soul of the righteous. So, he's being good, he doesn't need to be tested, he's so good that even if he were given all the leeway, the free time in the world, he wouldn't misuse it. So therefore... All the reasons why Hashem normally has to put our needs so many steps away from us, those needs would, that, that, that those reasons would not apply in his case. So Hashem could just deliver it to him, and it's not a problem. Now, we have the sicha from which we which we were just looking at from Chelik uh, Tezvov. Lekutis Sichas Volume 15, which help us, helps us to understand that a little bit better, because, I mean, it's implicit here in the words as well, in Rabbeinu Bechaya, but if he's not going to be busy making a living, so he'll be busy with other things, namely what? <laughs> with mitzvahs, with learning Torah, with davening. He'll daven a couple hours, Shachris, every morning. Why not? Okay? Shabbos will daven four hours. Of a weekday, he'll daven two hours. Shabbos will daven four hours. Okay, because he's a good guy, he's got the right priorities. 
And that's the, there's different. And he'll still have the mile of having omel. He'll still be able to be a worker, somebody who works and accomplishes. But it can just all be in spiritual stuff. Why not? Yeah. So, uh, okay, there's a question here. The Ben seems to be saying Hashem's kindness is that he keeps us busy. The Rebbe is saying that Hashem's kindness is making us creators. No? It, okay, it's not a contradiction. It's the same thing. Um, because at the end, Rebbeinu B'chaya concludes that if a person is, a, is, is being good already, so therefore he doesn't need to be tested, that reason doesn't apply to him, uh, and he doesn't need to be kept busy with busy work because he wouldn't fritter away his time on, on needless things uh, anyway, so therefore Hashem can just deliver his sustenance to him. Oh, but then, according to the Sikha and Chelek Tezvav, what toil will he get to do? If he's not toiling at making a living because Hashem's just delivering it to him, so then where will he get to work and be a co-creator? What do you mean, where will he get to work? He can be learn Torah, come up with cool ideas and insights. He can daven, that can be his work. He can do mitzvahs, ma'asim tevim, that can be his work. So we always need to be productive because we need to be co-creators, but it could just be in a completely spiritual context. Okay? Understood. Fine. We will see you tomorrow night.